So I pay $5 for a two-hour movie and then realize that my flight is only 90 minutes long. I mean, come on! I'm so tired. I think I slept too much. Honey, the fridge is full. Babe, my coffee mug is too tall for the curing. What am I supposed to do with my leftover chicken fajitas? I'm hungry, but I'm not like... Hungry, hungry? I'm not hungry, hungry. I'm not hungry, hungry. I'm not hungry, hungry. I don't even know if I'm hungry. It's 11 o'clock, and I don't know whether to eat breakfast or lunch. I think I'm hungry. I hate watching Blu-rays on this TV. It looks too real. I'm not even hungry. My phone is 4G, but we don't have 4G coverage where we live, so it's the worst. This is the worst. No! Oh! Oh! I clicked restart instead of shut down. I have to wait for it to start back up again so I can shut it down. I hate it. I'm like too healthy. I never get to use any of my sick days. Closet full of clothes, nothing to wear. My white noise machine broke last night and I didn't get any sleep. There's nothing to watch. There is nothing to watch. The bottom of my foot has been itching all day, but it tickles when I scratch it. I didn't finish brushing my teeth this morning. My battery died halfway through. I hate that. My hair smells like Starbucks. My hand smells like Starbucks. My iPad smells like Starbucks. That's the worst. Hmm. <laughs> I lost it. <sighs> Wasn't I just chewing gum? I don't remember spitting it out. Well, good morning and welcome again to worship. My name is Tom DeGroote. I'm the pastor here and I'm here with Lisa Falcon, our contemporary worship leader. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it? We just watched this, this video of all the things that like seven weeks ago we complained about. I know for me, um, the whole refrigerator thing, if you ask my wife, Alyssa, she'll tell you that I complain about that. And it's, it's just silly, right? Like we have too much food. Right? It's nuts. Like, what, what jumped out at you? I like the itchy foot, personally. The, the itchy foot, but then when, <laughs> when you go to itch it, it tickles, or, or the gum, to complain whether or not did I throw my gum away, or did I swallow yeah, it, yeah. and yeah, I thought those were perfect. Such problems. Such problems. <laughs> well, if you couldn't already tell, um, this Sunday we're going to do something just a little bit different than what we usually do. This this past Thursday, so just a couple days ago, usually Thursday morning, I sit down and write the message for that weekend. And Lisa, you texted me, and you were reading the text, and God was kind of speaking to you about just different things. And I said, hey, do you have a few minutes that we can chat, maybe get my blood flowing? And uh, we learned two things. First of all, we're both extroverts. We love being around other people. Um, we both really can't stand the fact that we can't be around other people right now. And I'm a hugger. And so I feel like I need to duct tape my arms down because I'm afraid that I'm going to inappropriately hug the cashier at the grocery store or something because I miss that, that hugging contact. Do you normally hug the cashier at the grocery store? Like? No, but, but without my, my kids at school that I yeah. teach, I feel and I get so many hugs on a given day that... I just might be tempted to yeah. just hug someone that's walking down the street. No, so. I get it. I get it. We dropped groceries off at my mother-in-law's house the other day, and I dropped them off 
near her, but not close, and I couldn't hug her. And she's a hugger, and I'm a hugger. I get it. Uh, no, no, totally. And, and so there's all these things that we don't like about what's going on in the world right now. And yet, today, in the scripture reading that we were talking about, Paul says, Philippians 2.14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. And, whew, yeah. <laughs> and so we were talking, and you had just some really unique insight. I would call it wisdom, just by your own experiences, how God's worked in your life in that particular area. And so instead of giving another sermon, I just threw it all away. And I was like, this is crazy, it's Thursday, but could you maybe share basically just this conversation that we had on the phone? And you graciously said you would, and so that's where we're at. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and before we do that, though, does that sound good? Sounds good. We'll, we'll get into the, the scripture because this was the context of our conversation. Yep. So let me just read it to you. It's, it's Philippians chapter 2. We're starting at verse 12, and we'll go through verse 18. Paul says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you always have obeyed, not only in my presence, but now so much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you who will act to in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly in the, world, in the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. It's the word of the Lord. So why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about, about Lisa, how you came into having a relationship with Jesus. Oh, I would love to share my story. Um, I was born into a wonderful family with Christian parents. They taught me about Jesus. They took me to church uh, twice on Sunday. Yes, twice, not just once. Okay. <laughs> and, but when I was four years old, I, had di- I was diagnosed with a rare disease that was called scleroderma. And back then, only those who were older typically got this disease. And so they didn't know back then exactly how to treat me. Typically, this disease is also affecting all of your internal organs. But for me, it affected just my left leg. And so the doctor spent time with my parents saying, I think what we could try to do is if we remove her leg, we're hoping that it would allow the disease to slow down. Hmm. And so as a parent now, I just wonder how, what's such a devastating decision to have to make. Right. And uh, so my parents did a lot of praying and a lot of seeking of wisdom. And uh, they agreed with the doctors. And so they amputated my leg. Now, fortunately, it did allow the disease to go into remission. Okay. But unfortunately, they couldn't amputate the leg below the knee or slightly above the knee. They had to amputate the leg all the way up to my hip. 
And so that causes a lot more pain and a lot more uh, difficult to fit a prosthesis on. Mm -hmm. And so, so with that, um, as soon as my leg was taken off, I feel as if it became like a direct line to God. I feel hmm. like it was almost my own personal cell phone that yeah. God gave me. And so as I grew um, and started to live life without a leg and the struggles that come along with it, the, the pain, the stares, the, all the different things that come with it, I felt like I was able to grab that cell phone. And hmm. I feel like I was able to call God and say, I need your help. Mm-hmm. I need you to show me and tell me what to do. And there's one example in particular that always comes to mind when I think of growing up and just different trials. And I was a very resilient child. Yeah. I tried to do everything I could to be like everybody else. Yeah. I love to ride a bike. And so I learned how to ride a bike, despite my mother's dismay. Um, <laughs> I also went out for the basketball team. I wanted to play basketball so bad. And I don't mean to brag, but I was good. And (laughs) unfortunately, though, I I never got played. And so as I sat on the bench, I thought to myself, I must be like the secret weapon. I must be like the one, you know, how the the team is playing and they wait and they put in this player who's like awesome and it throws the whole team off. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt I was. Well, one game in particular, there was about a minute left and... They called me to play. And I thought, oh, they needed the secret weapon. I was so excited. I failed to notice, however, that we were ahead by 50 points and (laughs) that all the kids that don't usually get to play were going in. But it was okay because I think I even had a foul. I think I fouled somebody in that one minute. I just wanted to play that minute. You were were passionate. Oh, I just, I couldn't wait. So the next day, I go into school and I get a call from the coach and the principal, and they asked me to come into her office. And mm-hmm. I sat down, and back then, legs were made very differently than they are now. So it's made out of a very hard plastic, very heavy. Um, when you bend the knee, you could really pinch your fingers, and you know it can cause a lot of, of pain. And mm-hmm. so when the coach sat me down, she said, you know, we really have concerns about the safety of our players. Mm-hmm. And she said, I really, we really suggest that you um, become a cheerleader. I was devastated. I really, sure. I really was. It was the one thing that made me feel normal. It was the one thing right. that I, I felt like an athlete. Right. Well, I rode my bike home. I was devastated. I cried all the way home. When I got home, I sat in my mom's lap, eighth grader, sitting in her mom's lap, and I would laugh, and I was just sobbing. Mm-hmm. And she was crying. And all of a sudden, she started to pray. And she said, God, you know, where should we go from here? What do we do? Please show us what our next step is. Mm-hmm. When she finished praying, I got up and I looked at her and I said, I have a big mouth. I am really loud. <laughs> I would be a fantastic cheerleader. Yeah. So I got back on my bike and I rode back to school and I just told the coach that, yes, I will, I will be a basketball, or I will be a cheerleader. Yeah. And uh, just how God worked, how I, I, yeah. cr- I cried out to him, and he just opened up another door. There's another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When you were telling me that on Thursday, that prayer that your mom prayed, 
You know, like you even said, like, can you imagine being in the shoes of your own parents when they had to make that decision for you to, to have your leg amputated? And I think of that, that like it, it spoke to me, the prayer that your mom prayed. You came home, and I know for me, I pray for my kids, right? But I pray with a very specific outcome in mind. Like, I know what I want or what I think they need, and so it's like, God, do this. Like, God, help her to be able to play basketball, right? Yeah. But that's not what your mom prayed. She, right. she prayed, God, help us figure this out. Help, yeah. help lead the way. And I, I'm still just chewing on that. How did that impact because your parents were were believers they they're they're where you kind of learned your faith and how did that kind of attitude impact you and your attitude toward God as you continued to face struggles because of course we all do well it allowed me to think of prayer in sort of a different way Um, asking God what's the next step where do I go from here allowing God to then open up a door that I didn't think was there to be opened. Mm. Closed a door, like in this particular case, you know, closed the door of playing basketball, but opened up another door, and knowing that that's the door that leads to God's will. Mm-hmm. And sitting in God's will is where I want to be. That's where the peace comes, and that's kind of where I was being led when when my mom would pray that way. Yeah, and you felt like you were telling me that you felt like in in. In some ways, it, it felt like an extreme punishment, but it also, the circumstances you were in also strengthened your faith, right? Yeah, because I'd often sit back and say, how could you do this to me, God? It was the one thing I wanted. I trust you. I follow you. I pray to you. I even tell others about you. Right. But still, you're taking away the one thing that I had desired most. Right. In that particular moment, in that particular instance. Right. I and even foul people in the fourth exactly, quarter. Exactly, right? exactly. And I, <laughs> but I, just that, that hurt and that anger that I felt that I just, I just didn't understand. Right. And, and that right there, that, that hurt is there, but it also drew you to that place where you and your mom prayed and yeah. said, help us see where to go, right? Yep. That's why when you said that on the phone, that's probably when I said, wait, can you talk? On Sunday, because that's what Paul's saying right here. As we look yeah. at these verses, he's if you if you haven't been with us in the series, he has been um, writing this letter. It's 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 called Paul's Joy Letter, and yet it's upside down joy. Is that's what we're calling the series because he's in prison, he's under house arrest, he's likely literally chained to a guard, and he doesn't even know if he's going to live in the midst of all of this. And and so the more you learn about Paul, the more interesting it becomes that his suffering and his difficulties have drawn him into faith like your suffering and difficulties have drawn you closer into faith and it's a both and like second corinthians i think it's 12 um, paul talks about how he had a thorn in his side and and we don't know what it is and I, i think that's beautiful because we all have thorns and he prayed three times right god will you take this away from me and it doesn't say that god didn't answer but it says that he did answer in a different way. And, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but, but my question to you, Lisa, is did you ever pray like Paul, right? He tells us not to grumble and argue, but at the same time, he cried out to God and said, this thing in my life, take it away from me. Have you ever prayed that? Well, I can grumble and complain with the best of them, and <laughs> yes, I did. I, 
I asked many times, why do I have this leg? Every year, I would have a pity party for myself. I was the only one who attended it, but <laughs> I would have this party, and I would ask the same questions over and over. I, please take this pain away. Why do I have it? Am I going to be famous? And back then, Oprah was really big, and I thought, <laughs> well, maybe I'm going to be on Oprah. Yeah. Maybe that's why I have this leg, and I'm not sure exactly what I would have sat down and talked to Oprah about. My, my life is an amputee. Yeah. But I, I just thought, you know, there's got to be some big reason as to why I have this leg, and you're not taking it away from me. Yeah, and, and actually, Lisa was just on Oprah, so we're going to show you a clip. No, no, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't you like that. It's Maybe next nice. year, right? Like, she's got her own network now. Exactly. Like, like, she's bigger than ever. But, but you grew up realizing that there's an even greater blessing in your struggle. Um, and and I, I don't say that lightly. Those are your words. So tell us... Tell us about that. What is the greater blessing in the midst of? Well, any time that I was faced with any of the dilemmas, I truly did feel like I could pull that cell phone out and call God. And, mm -hmm. and when I was in college and my friends were getting married and all I could think to myself was, who on earth is going to marry someone with one leg? Mm. But more importantly, who is ever going to be as good at fixing my leg than my dad was with WD-40 and duct tape? Who is going to be able to do this? And, and I distinctly heard God, God do like a little giggle. And all of a sudden, there showed up my husband. Mm -hmm. And he loves me for me. And he's a whiz with WD-40 <laughs> and duct tape. <laughs> and when he graduated college, he had a degree in architecture. And mm. he was coming with me to have, I was getting a new leg built at the time. And he would come with me. And he'd sit back and he'd study it. And he'd look at it and he'd say, I can do that. And he opened a business. And for mm. 17 years, he was able to help and bless so many thousands of people by making artificial limbs and braces. And wow. he helped people walk better and walk without pain and just go back to their lives. And it's just, to me, that's just a huge blessing coming out of something that I so questioned was ever going to be, you know, available to me. Right. And so... Right. It, it, it's, that's fascinating. We didn't talk about talking about this, but just that your struggle isn't just something that's drawing you to God, but then as you met your husband and got married, not only did it draw him to God and draw him to a, a way to use those gifts, but then to use those gifts to bless other people. Yeah. I mean, it just, you just, and, and, and you could probably look, you know, even further down the line and see the, you know, people that you don't even know that have been blessed because it, it began with you and, and a difficult thing that you were going through. But you, you said something. Um, you, you said to me that you you can't... You, you said, what did you say? I, I wrote it down here. Um, that you couldn't imagine not having gone through this. I, I'm, I'm mixing the words. How, how did you well, put it? I, you know, like, even now, I still have pity parties. I really do. Okay. I mean, and the older I get and the older and crickety my bones get, you don't know that yet because you're young, but um, I, think my pity, I think my pity yeah. parties are, are coming a little bit more frequently, but now, um, you know, I require Bill to be there. Yeah. So he comes with me. And you might not be able to imagine, you know, your life without a leg, but right. I can't imagine what my life would be 
without my relationship with God. And my pity parties are a little different now because I feel like there's a mixture of awe and greatness, yeah. or gratefulness involved. And the awe is just that God picked me. He picked me to walk this journey hmm. and this journey of connecting to him in such a way that I can't do this journey without him. Mm -hmm. And just the gratefulness that he would allow me to share in, in the blessings and the joy of what he wants to do in this world. And just to be able to know that if I didn't have this leg, would I look up? Hmm. And so I'm so grateful that because I don't know, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if, you know, would I have the same relationship with God? So to wish away this leg or to wish that I had something else, I, I could miss out on this relationship that I have. That's, you had said something like that to me before, but I, I just, I mean, couldn't we say the same thing right now, right? Why did God choose our generation to be the generation to go through the pandemic we're yep. going through, right? And for you to say that we might not be able to imagine what it's like to have gone through what you're going through, but you can't imagine not having the relationship with God that it's developed in you, what a different perspective than what I know my heart wants to have when I'm upset, right? And when I'm struggling. And it's it's, it, it's really what Paul said, right? If you go back to that 2 Corinthians passage where Paul talks about the thorn, right? God answered the prayer. Um, but he didn't answer it by taking the thorn away. He answered it by saying this. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. This is God speaking to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And it's like a couple of weeks ago, I, I mentioned something like this in, in, in one of the messages of, of I, this series, or maybe it was before the series, I don't really remember, but it was, it was this, this realization that we all go through weaknesses, right? We all have our experiences, and um, the, the difference between those and now is that we're all going through the same experience at once, together. Um, but I asked people, I said, think back on your own experiences and how did God speak to you there? And is that helping you to get through what we're going through right now? And we had this young mom whose daughter a couple years ago was baptized here at St. John's and she was born super early and she commented on Facebook and she said that when I asked the question, she thought of the 86 days that her daughter fought for her life in order to, um, to, to fight for life. <laughs> I mean, just, just like incredible, amazing um, that, that God blessed them and at the same time would never want to go through that experience. And yet that strength God developed in that faith then was what she needed to get through what we're going through right now. And the same could be said for somebody who's gone through cancer, who's lost a loved one, who's been divorced, who's, you know, I mean, just the list goes on. How has your experiences, how have your experiences prepared you for the season of suffering that we're, we're all in? And, and what are you still afraid of? What are you still struggling with? What does that look like for you? Well, I mean, just like everybody else, I mean, I fear losing my job. Um, I 
miss the faces of my students mm. <laughs> and their hugs. Yeah. Um, I wonder what is this all going to look like when it's done. Mm -hmm. um, I fear that my mom will get sick. Um, so all of these things and still seeing this moment as a barrier for our relationship with God. So God being here and here's COVID-19 and here's everybody and, you know, just being able to maybe see that COVID-19 maybe is part of your cell phone, maybe it's part of your direct line, hmm. being able to hmm. use this time to look up and to be forced to say, God, what do I do next? What right. do I do? Right. And I guess that's what, in my life, things are prepared. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm an expert grumbler, but um, I probably <laughs> I could win are. an award. But yeah. I think that, um, you know, looking at it in a different perspective, that maybe this is your direct line, an opportunity for you to spend time seeing what God's going to do. Yeah, that God kind of gave the whole world a cell phone right now, which yeah. my kids will be really excited <laughs> when they hear that. Like, do I get a real one now? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. you get this one. But, but that's a different perspective. So like Paul talks about the grumbling. He talks about the crooked generation. If you look here, he says in, in verse 12, he says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, now, what does that mean, right? We, we talked about fear, like, right before this all started. We had a series on fear. And we learned that our fears, first of all, it's normal. <laughs> and so we don't want to beat ourselves up for being afraid. Of all the things you talked about, you're still afraid of all those things. Even though God has shown up for you over and over yep. and over again. It's like, I, I, it just doesn't completely end on this side of heaven. But our fears are God's opportunities to show us his love. Our fears are God's opportunities to show us his love. And I, I've been thinking about that for the last seven weeks, right? Every time I'm afraid, okay, this is, I can either grumble or I can allow God to use this as an opportunity to show up. And that's what Paul's saying, like right here. He's, he's saying, continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling, right? For it is God who works in you and will act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing because it's another way of saying, when you grumble and argue, it's another way of saying, God, I don't trust this as an opportunity for you to show me your love. I don't trust you. And would you, would you agree with yeah. that interpretation? Yeah, and I, I giggle because my pattern is typically been the same over different crises that I've had. So a crisis will happen, I will grumble and complain, I will sit in pity, and then I will pick up my cell phone, and I will talk to God, hmm. and I will listen to worship music, and I will walk alongside with godly influences in my life who say, get up. Mm. dust yourself off, let's go. And then when the, when the situation is over, I look back and I see the blessings that God did. I go, oh, there you are. Oh, he showed up there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he did that. Yeah. And then I see the blessing in it. But my prayer through, you know, this whole situation is that I can kind of cut down those steps a little. <laughs> you know, can I, can I take this pandemic and can yeah. I move the grumbling off to the side and the self-pity and can I move to grabbing my phone and, and can I crank that worship music? And can I walk alongside godly influences, be online or mm -hmm. be on Zoom or, yeah. a, you know, online Bible study, whatever it is to connect myself so that I can still hear people saying, get up, 
-hmm. dust yourself off. And I can say, encourage the same way. Yeah. You know, but right now, this is more important than ever to be able to encourage each other in that way. Yeah, and, and Paul says that, right? Like last week, we, we talked about the, um, the first part of chapter two, where um, he's so encouraging to the church in Philippi. He says, if you have any encouragement at all in what Jesus has done. Like, like if, you, if you have any, um, what does he say? Is if you're in, uni united in Christ in any way, any comfort, any common sharing, any tenderness, any compassion, then make my joy complete. What makes Paul's joy complete? By being in one mind, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. He tells us to be unified. And then he goes on to say that we're called to be unified by acting the way Jesus acted. Right? And, and that's someone who, who laid himself down, you know, verse, verse 6. And very, he had very nature God. He was God, right? But didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but making himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, made himself into human likeness. He humbled himself. He became obedient even to death. And, and that's the difference, is becoming obedient to the things that cause us to suffer. And it doesn't mean, doesn't mean that we ever like it, right. right? You know, Jesus was obedient to death, and yet he, he sweat drips of blood as he prayed to the Father and said, if there was some other different way to do this. But because we know God is still at work, and because we submit to his good work in the midst of whatever, that's why Paul says here to, to do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. You know, and the war what's the warped and crooked generation? We were talking about that earlier, right? Yep. It's the world. Yep. Everybody's complaining, right? And, and, that, and don't expect everybody to act any different than that. They were acting that way 2,000 years ago. They're going to act that way now. They're going to act that way, you know, with the next whatever happens. And so Paul... But the only difference is, is that we get to do it all together. This is one instance where yeah. it isn't you walking this journey or someone else walking it or me walking it alone. We're doing it all at the same time. And what right. there's power in that. There's right. power in us being right. able to unify together in a situation where we're all going through the same thing. Right. And that, that's kind of a neat... If we do it the way you've learned to do it, right? If we allow that cycle to complete yeah. and we don't end it at the pity party. So that, what Paul says, that we will shine among them like stars in the sky. Yep. You know, you hear, like, crooked generation, and you think, well, you know, okay, the heck with all of those guys. But that's, that's not what Paul's saying. He's saying, no, your life looking different is going to shine. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. And I just think that in hearing the stories of the positive things that are happening right now, Right. The, the way the churches are uniting together and helping people with masks and meals and just things that just provide the joy. Yeah, yeah. Anything else that you'd want to share? No, I just, just grateful to be able to share my story and to know that I still struggle with so many different things, but I just feel so blessed that, that God allows us to have just the direct conversation with him mm -hmm. and be able to meet with him in such a special way during things that we maybe don't want to go through. Yeah, because COVID-19 is God giving all of us a cell phone. Yeah. Amen.
Well, thank you, Lisa. Let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just, we just thank you that we're not alone. God, I thank you that on Thursday morning as I was beginning to pour over your word and, and to ask you to, to give me the words to, to preach, you instead sent a text message to me from Lisa. And it came through my cell phone. And um, it was what you wanted us to hear. And it's, it's the real way in which she is working out her salvation in fear and trembling and has been since she was just a, a very little girl. And God, we pray that you would lead us in a similar way, that you would lead us to, to bring our stresses and our concerns, not just before you, God, but in the unity of other believers that we might bring them together to one another and not in a way that is grumbling and arguing without hope. And so often that's what it ends up being. But God, instead would you give us the assurance of what Paul knew, that that no matter how this ends, I know it's going to end for the good of those who love Jesus and are called according to his purpose. We want to be used for your good purposes. And we want this to be an experience that you use to help us to be more faithful and more hope-filled and a greater light that shines in the darkness than when we came into it. And we believe that you can and we believe that you will and we believe that you already are. And so we ask that those things would be true for us and it begins with a change in our hearts. And so would you do that for us now? In Jesus' name we pray.